Danny, I have exciting news for you. We have a brand new Patreon tier. And this is the first one where it actually offers a different benefit. Oh, well, what's the benefit? So, well, let me go. So, for $1 a month, you get to join our exclusive Mob Rules Discord uh, mm -hmm. and get to talk and talk shit to me, which is the number one benefit of joining that Discord. Um, right. Which actually is listed out as a benefit on that. I forgot I put that on there. Um, <laughs> tier two, $5 a month is exactly the same. There's no difference. But we now have the best infection tier, which is $10 oh. a month. Um, you get the same benefits as everyone else, but we email you a high quality certificate saying that for all legal purposes, which is you know not actual legally, um, sure. you are in fact the best infection for the ITC uh, a little plastic spaceman for your chosen faction of little plastic spacemen. Oh, okay. Um, which is super cool, and I just want to make sure ITC is very legally distinct from the ITC run by Reese uh, and that oh, does okay. on frontline gaming. Um, yeah, yeah, this is uh, the Internet Tabletop Contributors um, oh, ITC. Yeah, okay. So very legally distinct, but it will be just a piece of paper that says you are the best in faction. Uh, which in 2020 is about as useful as anything else that says you're good at 40K. Oh, man. Danny, you're chugging it truly already. I love that. Uh, I am out of alcohol in the house right now, so I have this l wonderful lime LaCroix uh, because I feel if I'm going to hate my body anyway. Let's do it with LaCroix. LaCroix, please sponsor me. Um, hey, that's about as much as I want to touch on uh, ITC controversies, by the way. So we're going to move yeah. on. No. Hell yeah. I'm down not talking about that at all. We're going to move great. on past shit that doesn't matter in a year. Like... <laughs> It's like giving a shit about who won the dance competition the night the Titanic went down. There's there's different things that matter at this point. Uh, welcome sure. to Mob Rules. I'm, of course, of John, joined as always by Danny. <laughs> and today we, we have a, a, a format change. Oh, that, that works out awfully. Let me just... There we go. Better. Yeah, for, format Longer. change. Um, <clears throat> I kind of ruined it there. That's fine. Uh, so instead of like our usual segments that we've been doing where it works really well, it's like little videos to put up um in on our youtube channel because of covid and our kind of want to uh have the restrictions put in place by the time we're in uh we're not meeting in person right now uh right. so that makes it really hard to film and i think everyone's seen enough um seen enough skype screens on a youtube video <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so so yeah uh we're sandwiching our, our dick jokes in between actual useful information, uh, starting today in episode 149, um, our cream Man, of the we're getting close to 150. We are. We? That's next. That's next time too. Uh, so we're gonna do like our fun little usual intro things, and then we're gonna welcome uh, Bartosh on. Bartosh is the yeah. the number two uh, New Zealand player in uh, in Custodes. Uh, but super great. We just finished actually talking with him. A little behind the camera action here. We already did the interview. Um, Bartosh is all about the behind the camera action. He is, yeah. He was laying seductively on his bed the whole time. Um, Very sexy. But yeah, so if you ever had an interest on in custodians as an army, how to play them on a tabletop, if you just wanted to learn a couple of neat new tricks, like I have things now that I know how to defend against. 
because of Bartosz's little tricks. Yeah. Uh, which was super interesting. Uh, so he's going to be on in a little bit here. Um, but Danny, in the interim, what have you been up to? Uh, well, John, um, I think we'll touch on the main thing here in a minute. Sure. Uh, that I'm doing hobby-wise. Uh, I have gotten... I'm very, very close to getting my Silent King finished. He's looking great. Very close. Yeah, thanks. Um, I also finished up a unit of six Ophidian Wraiths, or uh, Destroyers. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, So I got that all painted and based, so they're done, done. Um, and I put some base colors down on uh, 21 Scarab Swarms uh, for, like, I did some bolt gun dry brushing. That's, like, six less than the perfect amount, though. Well, I already have six painted, so. Good, good. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, I have been just, work has really picked up for me, so I've been spending a lot of time doing that. I haven't had as much time to hobby. I'm probably going to do some more work after this podcast, actually. Oh, boy. Uh, yo, yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and... Yeah, that's that's pretty much all what I've been up to. John, what have you been up to? Uh, it's been a pretty slow week, a couple of weeks for me as well. Um, I picked up the um, Death Watch and the Space Wolf book from our friends over at Mini Stomp um, to, to kind of round out my collection there. I figured I was missing a couple of books, and there's nothing really... I love what the app does, but there's nothing more irritating than seeing that padlock sign. And it's not even that I'm looking at the information, yeah. uh, but I, I dislike that it's kept from me. So I picked up a couple of books from our friends over at Mini Stomp, uh, at Mini Stomp on Twitter, great guys. Um, they I, are great. Good deals. Uh, I sprayed my Scar Brand Gold, so he's ready to go. Or did I do that last time? Yeah. Oh, I did. Oh, a, no, this time. Uh, so yeah, I sprayed my Scar Brand Gold, so he's ready to get some paint on him. Uh, because I'm still very, very hyped about this corn list. Um, and I think like even the Death Guard information that we've got coming out this week has not kind of sullied my enthusiasm for for this stupid corn list. So I'm excited about that. Um, I finished building all my Furies. Nice. So I now have, uh, well, I finished 30 of them. Uh, the other 30 I'm in the process of drilling holes between their legs um, to, to make them work because they're <laughs> you have a very purple. Are we, are we not doing phrasing anymore? Uh, I think like, we are. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Uh, the, the suggestion of uh, Innes, uh, who's the captain of Team Scotland uh, and a great guy overall, uh, is what he tells me. Um, Using the Raptorix that come in the, the Fury box as Furies works if you just put them on okay. 32s. Um, nice. So I've been doing that, but someone else suggested I should have them look like they're dive bombing down. So they have like a similar like silu silhouette to the Raptors themselves. That could look cool. And it does look super cool, but it does mean I have to take like a, a power drill and an eighth of an inch bit and just drill furiously into these tiny ass models they're very skinny bird like things they are um where it looks great but man i wish i didn't have to do 30 of them um luckily i found out the points in battle scribe are wrong um and the points in the warhammer app are right <laughs> um so my oh. my corn list was actually 40 points over um so oh, okay. because the banner is apparently 20 points Interesting. Uh, in Battlescribe, it's 10 points, but in the Warhammer app, it's 20 points. So if you look at it that way, I have five less Furies to drill into the genitals of. To That's bizarre. Up. I thought they were. I thought So to be totally honest mm -hmm. with you, 
Uh, I thought they were 15 points, so I thought we were splitting the difference here uh, for banners. For yep. So apparently, yeah, 15 points for the or 10 points for the musician uh, or 15 points for the musician and 20 points for the banner. Huh. Okay. So cool. so it's 35 point upgrade, which makes it hurt a little bit more because that is a lot. Um, but man, it's just it's it's so cool the stuff they do. Um, so playing around with the Warhammer app today, uh, which now has the battle the the. Well, what's the official name of it here? We're really good shills, as you can probably tell. Um, the battle roster. Uh, it is Battleforge. Battleforge uh, finally came out yeah. in its beta form. Uh, we got it in here. Uh, if you uninstall it and reinstall it, if you're on iPhone, that's how I got it to show up. Um, oh, I just updated it. It was fine. So I played around a lot with it today. Um, yeah, I same. actually super like it. It's, I um, I think it's great. They did a really good job. Like so, so uh, there's a couple little things that I think they could improve on. Um, but otherwise, like as far as apps go, it's like it's easily the best one that they've come out with initially. So the way you assign units to detachments is far and away amazing. Um, it's really cool. So what they what you have to do with it is. Uh, in your list, you kind of go to all units and you just kind of list out all the units you're taking in your army. And then you select them and you move them across to which detachment you want to go in. So you can do two different ways. Oh, you can. To teach yeah. me. Okay. So you can actually go into each of your detachments. If you uh, punch if you an, on an iPhone, which is what John and I both use. Because um, we're a man of culture. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, you can touch the name of the detachment. Like, let's say you have a patrol detachment, right? You touch patrol detachment, and then it gives you a plus sign, and it'll also show you what your available slots are. And so you can go through and add plus and add all that stuff to that particular detachment instead oh. of going through a main list of all your stuff and then just placing them within detachments. So when I'm making a list on Battlescribe, um, if I decide to change something from a battalion to a spearhead or a vanguard, mm -hmm. my current tactic is just leave it the fuck alone. And when I copy paste it, I'm just going to change one word and type in right. vanguard instead of battalion and then call it good. This makes it really easy to move stuff around. Um, and yeah. then the only other thing I'm not a super huge fan of, um, you can get some slowdown when you're adding. So uh, I did my built my lists the way where you go into add all units and then you add them to the detachments. When you start adding things to detachments, it gets really slow um, when you're increasing unit size for your non-assigned units. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing I've noticed is it doesn't update the points totals for everything until you do the next unit down. Um, and yeah, it takes a second to commit the, like whatever they've done. Right. And these seem like just like a little, I, I mean, I'm no, no coder, so, you know, don't quote me on this, but they, they seem like easier things to fix. Um, I like the way you select your warlord. Um, I like the validation process of it. Um, obviously, I mean, for, I saw a lot of complaints today saying, oh, you can do this or it lets you do this. And this is illegal. And I want to point people to battle scribes data files for the last six years. Uh, nothing is I mean, perfect. Um, and they're really open to feedback. So I think the really important thing is there's a specific survey that they've sent out to be like, Hey, let us know what you're finding out. Let us know errors you're finding and we can get them fixed. Um, like for me, I noticed something, uh, like I was building an army list that I played fairly recently and it won't let me make, uh, it won't let me select this Sazarkin dynasty, um, for any of my detachments. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not an option. 
Um, so, but it's just like an omission. Like if, if they just put that in there, it would be fine. Yeah. So, and like for for me, I can exalt Scarbrand um, as an option. Oh, okay, sure. Um, there's no option to give them banners either. Like give my blood letters banners. So is that uh, something I just choose pregame and not during the army list construction phase? Well, it costs points. Are you talking about the stratagem? Yeah, the stratagem. The banner of blood, because it's not in my pre-game strats. Oh, it's not. Right. Interesting. That's that's weird. So if if we want to make that change, so I don't have to decide until I see what you're bringing up against me. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm very into it. Um, but it's a lot of promise. It is a beta. It's very obviously a beta. Yep. But the bones are there. Um, oh, there's a lot of inspiration from Battlescribe for the output of it. Uh, oh, and it, the output is great. It's not it's clean. extraneous. Like, it looks really slick. It's not as fancy as the Age of Sigmar one, um, the Azir. But at the same time, the amount of information a 40k army list has is 20 times um, what Azir needs to be putting out. So you're going to have, like, a little less things. Right, but I'm, right. I'm a big fan, uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Again, the important thing is issues you find, errors you find... Uh, let them know uh, if you bitch about it on a Discord or a Reddit or a Facebook page. Um, they can't really fix that because if I'm uh, GW Comp Overlord Mike Brandt, I'm not probably going to take my advice from someone complaining on Comp 40K. Yeah, fair. So just make sure to submit those because it's only going to be as good as we make it. Because as much as we like to say, you know, we're paying $5 a month for this, we're to, like, if your outrage comes from the fact that you're paying about 20 cents a day for something and it's not perfect. Uh, you need to re-examine priorities a little bit. It's not going to be perfect, but we can help make it that way. For sure. But big fan, big fan. I'm, I'm a large fan. Um, yeah, that's what I've been up to hobby wise. Nice. Yeah. I think that was, I, I think that was a really great review of it. I'm, I'm very excited about, about the, about the application and its future implications. Um, especially if they manage to get the legality stuff, right. Um, to where this can be a gold standard for proving or whether or not a list is legal. Sort of like Azir, right? In that format. Like how, kind of like Azir right now, where like Azir is very trusted, like when that says that it's good, um, it's good to go. It also has a cute little message um, when you go to export your list. I'm going to pull it up here so I don't get it wrong. Uh, When you, val uh, when you validate your list, it says your army is valid, but remember, innocence proves nothing, which is the yeah, best is the best disclaimer I can imagine adding to anything there. <laughs> and it's something I'm going to use from here on out when people ask me why I did that. I'm like, innocence proves nothing. You're guilty. Right. Oh, uh, I've Dawn of Fire, uh, Avenging Sun. Oh, yeah. You've been reading that? Uh, I've been reading that, or I've been listening to that using my, my Audible subscription. Please sponsor us, Audible, um, where you can actually find this fine podcast now, too. Um but I actually, I completely turned a corner on it. The first third of it, I really wasn't feeling it at all. Um, it does some history rewriting from stuff they put down in Dark Imperium and Plague War and, and things like that. Like little minor things you're changing. And we saw with the Black Library Weekender that they're changing Dark Imperium. They're, they're FAQing yeah. a Black Library book. A novel, yeah. Uh, which, I, again, I think Danny, you and I talked about this. It was like, that's fine. Just send the patch notes. I don't want to have to read that entire book again and remember <laughs> exactly. what's different. Um, exactly. Not that it's a bad book. I just, I, I have too many other ones to do. But about halfway through, it really starts clicking for me. 
Um, and it's amazing. And I think we're going to talk about it in the future um, because it is super, super good and, and very modern GW grimdark. And I know that's a I'll negative for some. Put that on my reading list for sure. Um, but it, but it's great. There's and listening to the Audible version. I was making fun of it a lot at the start because the voice choice for Gulliman is very grating to my ear. And it sounds very oh. pompous. Um, it sounds like, for Doctor Who fans, it sounds like Tom Baker, Doctor Who. Um, like, the whole time. And I'm like, I don't get this. I don't get this. But then they explain later on when one of the Primaris is listening to him talk, or one of the Space Marines is listening to him talk, the, they say his accent sounds weird because it's a mix of modern um, modern Gothic and 10,000-year-old Gothic. And I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. This It's designed to be grating and sound weird because he's literally a dude out of time. Um, so, of mm. course, his accent is going to sound strange. Um, That's pretty cool. So, and I'm like, okay. if they, and like, It's weird. It's like, if you had told me that narrative choice at the start, I'd be not. But, again, some of it was just the nice part of, of like, uh, learning that as you go. Um, but, yeah, the Donifire. Donifire is the name of Gulliman's ship. Uh, it's very metal. It's an imperial eagle shape. So it's a two-headed oh. imperial eagle, and it lands on claws and everything. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's just a giant imperium symbol. It's quite amazing like that. Um, but cool. it covers the time uh, for just after Gulliman uh, encourages a couple of the High Lords to go away um, to just after the Primaris reveal. So this is where some of the the rewriting of uh, Dark Imperium comes into, because uh, you get okay. So it's like a prequel to those Dark Imperium books, then. right? Right, because you you kind of you're there for the unveiling or the unveiling of the the, the Ultima founding, um, and there's a lot of cool stuff there. And of course, my corn boys get in there too. So you know, I'm all excited about that. Um, but yeah, just a, a great read overall. Uh, I, I found more and more with Black Library. I'm rambling now, but I find more and more with like the Black Library stuff. The first half of the book, I generally am apathetic to or don't really like. But when they start building towards that final big battle that all of these books have, I'm just yeah. 100% invested. Like, it's the Black cool. Library formula. You know, it's the slow build, slow build. And it's like, on their whiteboard idea, they write down their idea for the final battle. And then they spend all their time writing this final battle. And like, oh, shit, I have to do story to make this happen. Um <laughs> And and then yeah, but it, it's super good. Uh, I would highly highly recommend. After uh, Indomitus was a little disappointing to me, um, and especially coming off the higher Saturnine, uh, this was a really refreshing read. So I'm excited to see where the second book goes and where the series goes in general, because there's a couple of uh, super cool things happening in universe now. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, we have one other thing we we want do to talk about. We here, do right. Uh, so, uh, John, I had John came over uh, to my place and we worked on hobby room organization because yep. I will say my room socially is about the worst thing known to man socially responsibly, <laughs> uh, I would say, uh, because I, yeah, I made this big course. thing at the start about how like we're not recording together because of COVID. But that's when we, we film together, um, as you've seen in our earlier videos, we're about two feet away from each other. Right. Um, so <laughs> it makes it like a little difficult. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not uh, nuts to butts in my house or anything like that. So uh, not without masks. Is, With masks, we're we're nuts to butts all day. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're very pro mask over here at Mob Rules. Oh yeah. Um, 
But uh, we started tackling uh, my hobby room, which is a horrible quagmire because I have uh, really bad purchasing decisions and uh, organizational skills. And also and two so, years to the day today. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had it pretty well organized. And then we had a really big earthquake. Really um, big. And uh, like basically all of my bookshelves collapsed. Um and everything spilled out all over the ground. Um, like my models, a bunch of them were crushed or damaged. Um, and it's so demoralizing to see all of that stuff that I just basically closed the door to that room and pretend that it didn't exist for yeah. at least at least six months, I would say. I mean, what's crazy uh, is like that's like almost like uh, 10 years of collection at the very least. Oh, you have like easily. Uh, like tournament winning armies, paint jobs you're super proud of, like your fantasy stuff was in there. And it's yep. really, it's, it's a traumatizing thing to see it all like just crush. Yeah. But, but uh, things need to get, I mean, eventually you're going to have to deal with it. Right. So uh, instead of just shoveling it all into a garbage bag and starting over again, um, which it would be. How, how, te- how tempting was that as an option for you, by the way? Very tempting. <laughs> so, no, I'm not even. No, kidding. no, I'm not crazy. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't do that. Uh, instead, uh, we started organizing stuff. I feel that like once I figure out what I want to keep and what I want to get rid of, I can make kind of a good amount of money off of oh, like, yeah. some of the things that I am uh, I'm going through. So, um, yeah, uh, I might put some pictures up on our Discord of what it looks like now. Did you take any before? Uh, I took a little bit to show the square of the carpet that I cleared off that I was super proud of. <laughs> I remember boasting to your wife that I cleared off this square of carpet and she's like, wow. And then looks over at your table where it's just full of shit that you were organizing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've organized most of the stuff on the table that we, that we stopped doing. Mm-hmm. And I also cleared off, I have like a folding table in there that I was using as kind of like my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I cleared off that and put that on and either took that out in the living room or I've done that or I, uh, I put it on the floor and I'll, I'll sort it later. Um, but I managed to m- like move, uh, uh, my table into like against the wall, um, and clear out enough area that I can actually walk around in there. Um, which is, <laughs> which is great. Um, so now there's only like maybe two feet of shit on the floor and the rest on the, like on the rest of it. Um, but it was so, a, a lot of progress. Like, I don't think people like if yeah. it. If you imagine a small bedroom, um, that was, well, because it is a small bedroom. Um, it but it was uh, full of hobby supplies. And before, like, they were on walls. Uh, everything was neat. But again, when the earthquake happens, everything dumps out. And when you've been hobbying right. as long as Danny has, that's a lot of things that get dumped out. Yeah. And my storage method was bad. So most of my stuff was in open boxes, um, just, like, stacked on top of shelves. Um, so when that stuff falls, like everything gets mixed together and crushed and everything else. So it's a horrible mess. Um, so yeah, looking a lot better. And I really appreciate John helping me out with that. That's a, it was a huge deal because my wife can't go through stuff like John can and look and say, Oh, this is an Eldar model. This is a space Marine model. This is a fantasy model. Um, so I needed some expert, some expert help. <laughs> no, and it was fun to do. Like, and it's always kind of a nice thing to see progress as well. Um, and then I found a bunch of cool stuff that I ended up stealing, like uh, like an Angerath, which after the uh, yeah. Forge World <laughs> Compendium update um, and seeing that GT winning list with him, uh, I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. hell yeah, I'm going to run that and give that one a try. Let's netlist Sick. a little bit. 
Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, for like organization wise, like what I did is just something. Well, what we did was something I did with my stuff here, where we just got a bunch of Ziploc bags. Um, please mm-hmm. sponsor a Ziploc. Um, and yeah, you just start splitting by unit. Um, yep. then by type, just have characters by themselves, and then you just put them in totes. Um, and I'm sure there's like a, a better way to do it, but if you find yourself with an unmanageable horde, that's a really great place to start. Um, yep. and then some super cool stuff. Like we found some, uh, like original metal Marines, not even like white metal, but like lead Marines. <laughs> um, yeah. and the thing we noticed like with scale creep was it's not so oh. much that they are small as in little, it's they're skinny. Like yeah. their 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 armor is very like their legs are extremely skinny, and it's insane. Like we were holding them up beside even like regular plastic marines. Yeah. So like uh, for instance, I think the example that John is thinking of too specifically was, I had some of the Mark II Legion of the Dam stuff. Um. So like they came out with like a newer metal uh kit that was uh, had like I don't know like fifteen models that were all monopose. Um, but man, are their thighs skinny? Like yeah. they had skinny power armor on. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it was all of that uh, dying that they did beforehand. Uh, Ghost Marines have very skinny armor. Ghost Marines, yeah. <laughs> um, but it feels good to do. Uh, like I think we like you left that in like a way happier place. Well, like there was hope. I'm giving out hope. Right. Um, and that that was kind of what what sometimes needs to be done there. And My wife was very happy. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't think she was quite as happy as we like decided to stop and lay on the couch watching TV, but <laughs> there's only so much you can do. Um, no, one day. yeah. You got to take a break, man. You got to, you got to, um, but yeah, we're going to take a break and then we're going to be right back with Bartosh. Um, and one of his friends wanted us to very much point out he is the second highest ranked custodies player, mm-hmm. um, but number one in hearts. Do you like cookies but want something more British? Buy biscuits. Not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits. For dunking in your British tea. Stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits. As recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. So today uh, we're going to be doing a new segment. Actually, it's going to be a one-off segment. We're going to be interviewing one of our, well, I don't know if I wouldn't say he's our favourite person or one of our favourite people, but uh, we're going to be interviewing... Andrew Bartosh uh, from the NZ40 Cabal. Um, Andrew, welcome to the show. Hi. Who are you guys? (laughs) What are you doing is like, what are you doing on my my Discord right now? (laughs) Sorry, I thought I was on the Art of War. I fucked up. (laughs) It's worse. It's Art of War down under. (laughs) Yeah. Down, Down under. (laughs) with only like a quarter of the controversy. Mm. Um, So we're going to be doing a Custodes 101 chat with Andrew. Andrew is a a self-described expert uh, with with Custodes. Um, I would describe him like that as well. Um, Self-described expert at many things. Yeah, self-described, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, So let's talk Custodes. Why why would someone want to pick up this army? Like, what is what is the thing that is the most interesting to you about the army? I think the most interesting thing to me about the army is really pissing your friends off. <laughs> That's a good reason. It's a really good reason um, to start an army, yeah. Especially if they play Elder, uh-huh. Dark Elder, sure. Harlequins. Um, what's that other one? 
that nobody cares about? Uh, Space Marines. No, 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 no. Okay. Some other elder thing. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, um, Custodes, to me, are, are very interesting to play because they're a very small elite army. And when you have a lack of attention, it's hard to keep track of lots of different units. So I like only having five. Sure. Because that's how many fingers I have on my hand. Oh, so it's easy to count, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His army comp changes drastically after industrial accidents. <laughs> yes. I take a lot more uh, Ares gunships. <laughs> oh, yeah, good call. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, Custodes have a small model count, small armies. Um, what do they do really well? Like, what is the thing that Custodes, like, really excel at? The best, best thing Custodes do is just not die. Okay. I, I think um, that's their, their big strength to lean into. It's pretty um, solid. Yeah. Well, because they don't, Danny. Okay. Okay. The Emperor said so. Yeah, okay. I like it. No, um, I mean, they've got good armor saves, good involves, high toughness, lots of wounds, and they have a lot of strats now with the War of the Spider that really lean into the sort of a layered defense. Sure. And they have, like, multiple saves and that kind of stuff sometimes, too. Are they... Uh... Mm. Do they have access to a feel no pain? Uh, they have a warlord trait, and oh, the sure. dreadnoughts have it on a six. Well, the the contemptor and the and the big boy, and the wardens have it, but nobody takes us. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. They're kind of obscure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of armies do you think that custodes like uh, play the best into? So, like. What kind of armies do you feel like they really excel against? At the moment, it seems to be all flavors of Marines. Yeah. I, they just, because there's so much AP 1 and 2 against Marines, if, you, if you're loading up right, you shouldn't have too much struggles with them. Sure. In anything, really, that shoots at AP 1 and 2 that relies on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Marines definitely have a lot of that stuff, especially with doctrines making some stuff AP AP minus mm. some AP minus one stuff go to AP minus two, um, which would normally take custodes to their imbul save. Um, doesn't really work super well against yeah. them. Gotta say, there's nothing more frustrating yeah. than unloading like an entire unit into something, and just for it to do literally nothing. Because it can be kind of like deceiving when you come onto the table and you're up against like a custodes army and you have like 50, 60 models to put down against like twelve. Uh, so you have kind of like an idea in your head about yeah. how that game's going to go. And Custodes can really quickly prove uh, that you're really stupid and you should probably realize that why there's a reason there's only 12 models there. Sure. Yeah, it's it, nothing quite as satisfying as um, seeing the look on someone's face after their first shooting phase. And they've done nothing. Brilliant. Mm. <laughs> That's why Big Brain, you just don't do a shooting phase. Yeah. <laughs> Shots can't fail. If you John, don't fire. stop bragging about your corn list. Hell yeah, I can't help it. Uh, okay. Um, and so, like, what way does like what kinds of ways do custodians play on the table? Are they kind of like an eliminate all your enemies kind of like kind of an army, or are they kind of like oh, I'm just gonna sit around and not die on these objectives? Um, do they have any armies you can, that help them with that? Yeah, I mean, you've got a couple of options. Um. They do those two things really well, but depending on what units you take, obviously, is going to depend on what role you're doing. Um, at the moment, I'm sort of leaning into the more defensive, just 
sit on objectives and don't move style armor. Um, I think the Alaris Terminators can sort of swing into both those things. Sure. But but yeah, either, you could either go full killy or just sit on objectives, but I find some of the new strats are, are definitely more favoring the just become a brick and don't move. So what secondaries work really well with that? Because a lot of the secondaries that are out now really favor movement um, and kind of getting yeah. to the center of the board and doing things. So what are you picking secondary-wise that you're seeing success with? Um, while we stand, we fight's a good one. If you're going to go purely defensive. Um, so what kind of models does that go on? Trajan. I mean, you have to take Trajan. He's, he's a no-brainer. Um, anything that can get a three-up involve is good. So Trajan, the banner... And Dawn Eagle Shield Captain with a three up involve and a five up for my pain. Mm-hmm. Would you take it on uh, like one of the like one of the dreadnoughts? Uh, because I mean they they cost a lot of points too, don't they? They do, and I kind of feel like with the Telemons, um, you wouldn't take it on the small Achilles Dreadnought or anything like that. But with the Telemons, half the time you're going to have games where they just run through everything and take two wounds. And the other half, they're going to get smashed in the first two turns if you don't play them right. And you want to be using them as well. If you're taking a Telemon that's not a double shooty Telemon, you want to be using it as a battery. So I wouldn't. Yeah, right. And so, like, with, with something like that, you'd want to, like, put it into Deep Strike. And so I can see how that might be, mm. like, like, a close combat one. I can see that how that would yep. kind of be a nice uh, play for uh, uh, for that particular secondary while we stand, we fight, because it's mm-hmm. not even coming on the table until turn two or turn three. And then yep. that just gives your opponent real limited opportunities to interact with them and try and finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Any other secondaries that they do particularly well? Um, teleport, uh, sorry, deploy scramblers. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, getting the, the home base one is very simple. Um, getting the mid one is quite simple. But we have a few different options for picking up the opponent's deployment zone scrambler. Um, I quite like a unit of three, and it could be custody guard if you've got the CPs. It just takes one CP to put them in, into deep strike. Um, but I'm leaning into more doing a unit of three Venetari. Okay. Just to drop drop in the back as soon as you can, pick up the scrambler, and then from that point on, you've got three dudes that move quick with good guns that can go and piss your opponent off. The Vanatari um, being, of course, the, the Forge World guys with the wings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pure, pure guns. Do they get free deep strike, too, the Vanatari? Yes, yes, they do. Nice. I like yeah. that. Well, hang on. I think they do. Let me check... My battle score, uh, my codex. <laughs> uh, fairly certain they do. 99%, sure. Oh, man, it's going down. That's That's I'm, about, I'm about 90% sure. Man, if only uh, they use the yes, official Warhammer app. No, 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 I'm 100% sure they do have it. <laughs> just checked. I mean, cool. just pulled that out of the back of my brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You did it. <laughs> um. All right, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, uh, 
Uh, that sounds like uh, like definitely a good way to play. Some solid secondaries, and then also like things that yeah. don't necessarily require opponent interaction, which is like really key yeah. with uh, a lot of this thing. So it doesn't matter what your opponent takes or what your opponent does. You just have to kind of follow your game plan, and you're you're good. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how I'm approaching ninth edition. The the least interaction, well, not interaction, but the less my opponent has to do with my scoring, the better. I am 100% on board with that. <laughs> Which is kind of weird because that's kind of like how ninth has gone, right? Where you're building mm. towards, or I know at least I'm building towards lists that require, uh, like, it doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to score these points. So it's mm. almost like completely, like, your goal is to remove as much interaction as possible. Which is weird for a, a competitive kind of two and a half hour social experience is like your ultimate goal right now is to make sure that whatever you do doesn't matter. It's just two people playing two separate games on the same table. Let's be honest. We only like half the people we play against anyway. I mean, that's generous. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. 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 At least two games a tournament are okay. Is there any worse feeling in the world uh, than looking at your pairings, um, either down under pairings or, or best goes pairings, seeing who you're paired against and just being like, fuck, okay, we can do this. And just realizing that you're going to have to spend three hours with a person who normally you would not. Yeah, I mean, I get that every couple of weeks when we record a podcast too. <laughs> so. Hey, Tony, oh, yeah, you said the same it's thing. Piece of shit. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I feel for you, man. I, I live that, I live that every, every two weeks. So, um, I'm glad you said, when you look down at your pairings, I'm glad you said pairings. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it was going to be earrings. He won't shut up about his earrings all the time. It's terrible. They are beautiful. They are, yeah. I sure do. <laughs> Got them dangles. <laughs> So we talked about uh, what custodies are good at. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what they're bad at. And I know that you're you're just going to say nothing, um, but let's dispense with the emperor's propaganda and kind of go over some. Oh, custodies are actually. Don't, don't worry, I, I, we're not on the art of war. I can tell you the bad things I do. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Um, I I think the worst matchup custodes have is is basically messed mortal wounds. Um. You know, like an Araman bloody list or, you know, any mass amounts of psychers is painful. Yeah, because it kind of... Any... Sorry, oh, go, go ahead, John. Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of goes against your gimmick of, like, really good saves, high toughness, lots of wounds. It doesn't really matter if they're just kind of automatically taking wounds off you. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to really play your ass off um, and hope for some decent terrain when you're playing against those sorts of lists. Do you have any other ways to mitigate that kind of, like, do you have any? I mean, the best, I, I feel like the, the only thing you can really do is use the terrain, deep strike, and use the very limited psychic defense we have. Um, it, like, if, if you're in a psychic heavy meta, it's, oh, sorry, meta, it's possibly a good idea <laughs> to have... Um, Maybe a banner with the warlord trait that gives him a um, deny. Oh, okay, sure. And he can re-roll that too, right? Yeah, yeah. Or plus one, I don't remember. <sighs> one of those things. Yeah. Something. Something. I'm, I'm not going for accuracy here, Danny. That's fair. This is mob. I see this is this not is the not art of, the art of war. war. 
<laughs> um, there's a strat that allows an infantry model to perform a um, deny. Okay. And there's a new strat from more of the spider that's a four up, just deny the power. Oh, well, cool. I had that mm. used against me. It hurt a lot. It's nice, eh? Yeah, when you have like this really key power, you would like have, and it wasn't even like an offensive power. It was like a defensive buff I needed to get off. Um, my opponent was yeah. just like, "Nope." Ah, oh, well, with that, if it can only be used if it targets the custody's unit. Oh, that son of a bitch! Oh well. Oh. So I think he fucked you on that. Sorry, I also fucked myself on several other moves. But we can blame the entire loss yeah. on that one thing that no, it didn't absolutely. happen. It was all on that dude cheating. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I was his only game of ninth, and I was also his one and only game of eighth as well. So, thanks. Big yes. No, I, don't blame him. I don't blame him for cheating. Um, the <laughs> funny thing is about that strat, which is really strange. If you take a unit of wardens, they can do it on a three up. The problem is wardens are so overcosted and don't do anything more than any of the other units in the book. You just won't take them. Unless you're in that psychic heavy um, Piaria, is I think how you pronounce mm. the matter. Uh, the Muerta? The, the Muta. The Muta. Yeah. Muta. Yeah, the, <laughs> Casey, pronounce the Muta down here. Thank you. You've got to. Yeah, I've got to make sure that you could understand what I was trying to say. Heck yeah. yeah. I know. Australia's got so many cows. <laughs> so, what kind of. Uh... <laughs> Oh, the subtle burn on that was just just. Oh, that kiss. wasn't subtle. That, that wasn't subtle at all. That's it's basically America declaring war. Yeah, uh, Bartosh. <laughs> if if listeners are unaware, Bartosh is coming from a little island beside Australia called uh, Tasmania. You know, <laughs> such guys are cool. about it. They couldn't even be emus, so I think we're probably fine. You know what it's like, right? Calling a New Zealander an Australian is like calling a Canadian an American. Uh, I would equate it more to me being Scottish and being told I'm from England all the time. So, yeah, I, I get I mean, it. Uh, so I went, things are equally bad. I went into my kids' elementary school. This was some years ago, but I think it had been in the U.S. for like six years at this point. And there was a map, like a world map on the wall. And I'm like, cool, this school can afford the one. And then you look... Uh, like you go and you find your home country because I, I think that's something you do when you're away. The entire British Isles, um, Great Britain, United Kingdom, whatever one of the fifty names I want to give it, was just labeled England, from like mm. north north to south. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, this is this is what we're doing. Gonna be like that's that. painful. It was. It was. I complained. I mean, I, I, I at least your country is on the map. I mean, most American maps don't even show New Zealand. So that is true. Like, there's mm. even a subreddit of just maps that true. don't. No, no, that's true. There's there's a subreddit where it's maps that don't have New Zealand, and yeah. there's like this entire. But we're actually like like we 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 fake being outraged by it. We're actually quite happy about it because the less people know about us, the better. That's how you did the COVID beating. Yeah, <laughs> you just took yourself off of maps. Mm. That was the best defense. Yeah. So speaking of defense. Everyone just fucks off straight to Australia. Yeah. Hell yeah. So we talked about some secondaries that custodians were good at. Uh, let's talk about some ones that they're not so good at. Um, mm. What are custodians bad at for secondary choices or missions? Uh, any of the psychic ones unless it's killing psychers? Okay, fair. 
I, I mean, imagine I start with the obvious. One. I imagine I wouldn't take the uh, the one where I have to cast psychic powers uh, when I have no psychers. But Probably I am famously very difficult for you. I'm famously bad, so I might just you yeah, know. yeah, you might. Um, it it really does depend a lot on what you're going up against. Um, usually you wouldn't want to do. Uh, oh, forget the name of it. The one where you have to sit in the enemy's deployment zone for two turns with, uh, with, for a turn with two units. Um, oh, line breaker. Enemy lines. Yeah. 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 It's because you have to get two units back there and because you're only probably taking six or seven units in a custodies army, it's it's quite hard to do. Um, I would imagine. find I, engage on all fronts is difficult. Engage on all fronts isn't too bad. I've been taking it a lot lately, but it really does depend on your army choice. If you're throwing in a few bikes um, or even an assassin, the the Calidus is quite good for it, then engage on all fronts is actually pretty reasonable to get. I imagine that uh, New Blood Angels one where uh, they get points for having more units in your deployment zone than you have in their deployment zone. It's going to be like a, a pretty rough one to have taken against you as well. Which would be one of the Blood Angels specific ones. Yeah. I mean, if somebody takes that against Custodes, I mean, I think it just. Okay. Now. Yeah, so that Blood Angels. What was I saying? Rough. Yeah. Yeah, the Blood Angels. I, th- I think if somebody takes you, takes that against you, you're kind of forced into just going into his deployment zone anyway. Sure, um, but it's it's not it's not ideal. Yeah, and the Blood Angels probably don't want to be too close to the Custodes anyway. I mean, maybe to hit them, but they don't want to get hit back by them because it's going to be pretty probably pretty I, painful. Yeah, I honestly don't like. I've been, I've been looking at the um, Blood Angels codex. Don't think that's a fight Blood Angels want to pick. Uh, Custodes are pretty good in combat. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same army, though, right? I mean, they're both gold. Yeah. They've red, you know, like, it's yeah. like. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, lots of wings. No difference at all. Weapons. Yeah. Thanks. Stupid names. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid names. Um, another one that's not fantastic. Well, it depends. Uh, raise the banners is. I'm sort of 50-50 on. If you've got two objectives and for some reason you're not taking deploy scramblers, you can do it. Um, but again, because there's so few units, if you start spreading out, it is easier to get rid of custodes off the objectives. Sure, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. And and probably the other one I wouldn't take would be Domination. Just because yeah. you don't have that many units. Yeah, again, there's anything that's based off having lots of units across the table just not a good idea. Well, that's fair. Well, that makes like that whole category pretty simple for you, then I would say, because like yeah, that category is uh, and I forgot. I think it's like in, engage and I don't know. Anyway, uh, like engage in all fronts. You've got behind enemy lines. You've got domination. Um, yeah, I think that's all of them. Um, but yeah. all of those are very commonly taken one army. People usually take one of those in their army just because 
you don't have to do anything but stand in a place and oftentimes yeah. you want to be standing in that place anyway. So yeah. I could see how that is a pretty easy choice for engagement all fronts for custodes, just to yeah. and stay out of the middle. Yeah. Cool. Well, Andrew, let's talk about your uh, army list a little bit. You, My you, army. Yeah, so uh, we asked you to do a little homework um, and talk yeah. about 2,000 point custodes army. Okay, <laughs> so th this is what I'm running. Let's talk about a starter army first. Starter oh, yeah, army. yeah. Yeah, so like if someone okay. was new to custodes, like your list is probably takes a lot of skill to pilot. Um, oh, none at all. Well, it's the same as the it's the same as the starter it's, army. It's just like playing Elder. <laughs> you just throw some units in a bag and shake like it, it up, dump them on the table, if, and that's your army. It works out pretty. Yeah, good. I mean, if your codex starts with just break all the rules in the big book, then you don't have to look all the work. <laughs> nah, so I've got a starter army for you. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, so if I was, yeah, so I, I would start with Trajan. I think he's just an auto take in any custodes force or custodies. I know you're going to get people pissed off at the way I say custodies. So, um, so what makes him like an auto take in custodes forces? He's he he comes with a three up involved. <laughs> If we're going to piss people off, we might as well do it right, you know? I may as well. Uh, yeah. um, he's, he's, he comes with a three-up involved. He's, you know, he, he's a he's a shield captain, right? But the fact that he comes with a three-up involved means you don't have to pay for a relic to give him one, and you don't have to give him a storm shield, right? Yeah. His best, I think his best use, I mean, he, he comes with a reroll ones to hurt, reroll ones to wound bubble, um, but once per game, he can either pile him and fight again, regain d3 wounds or the real reason everybody takes them is to um, make the next stratagem you use cost zero cps Man, that's and that's just that's just money you know you, you save that for the dropping things down off the banner within three inches or a stooping dive or you know because custos can be like a really CP heavy army with all of the things you can do pre-game and during the game. So having that ability oh, to yes. have like one in reserve uh, for whatever yeah. you might need is like super powerful. Oh, definitely. The first game of ninth when I got all these fancy new CPs, I was out of <laughs> CPs by turn two. It's like what happens when you give a homeless man a million dollars? It's just, I imagine you know, that picture of that person laughing at all of the limes that they can't hold, but it's you and just it's CPs. <laughs> All my CPs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's great. Um, the next unit I would take would be a shield captain on Dawn Eagle. Okay. They're fast. They're tough. They don't hit incredibly hard. Um, people often sort of misjudge how much damage a shield captain on a bike will do to a unit. I mean, they can clean up a small unit, but they're not a huge threat. They're just tough. You give them a three-up involve and uh, Auric Aquilus 3-up involve and allows you to reroll your charges. Uh, give them superior creation for the Warlord trait, which is a 5-up to pain. Uh, chuck them extra couple of wounds from the Captain Commander trait. Mm -hmm. So he's up to 9 wounds. Um, so you've got a chonky boy. 2-up, 3-up, 5-up, 9 wounds. And while you're at it, throw on Victor of the Blood Games for a free reroll a turn. So just yeah. a nice, really annoying model uh, that's super hard yeah. to remove. That Well, not that it's hard to remove, but you have to dedicate a lot of attention to it to get him off. Um, I have seen entire Harlequin armies 
put their whole army into a turn one and do two wounds. What about good armies? Uh, <laughs> are there any good armies? No. No, no just custodians. <laughs> just custodians. Um, so, yeah, he's solid. That's cool. Is that the guy they call the fridge? Is that the builder? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then I think just your basic troops, like custodian guard, you can just pick the role you want for them. At, at the moment, I do like the storm shield variant because they're just so tough. You sit them in cover and they ignore AP 1 and 2 and they are still got a 3-up involved. Man, that's it, and they do that without having to spend a strat like the Alaris do. But, I mean, they are slightly less killy than the spear version, but so much tougher. So I'd, so I'd have... What's their offensive output? It's, their off- uh... offense... Custody spears are slightly more offensive. They have a, a uh, basically a, a bolter that's AP1 damage 2, and they have a strength 6 AP3 D3 damage spear. Um... The the sword variant slightly less. It's basically got a bolt pistol that fires twice, uh, and a and the same profile of the combat weapon, but one less strength because it goes off their base strength instead of plus one. So strength five, AP three, D three damage. Um, but into a lot of things, the strength isn't really going to make a big difference. Uh, if you're going up against something tougher, you can pop a strat that if their toughness is higher than yours, you get plus one wound. Quite handy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can shoot the, shoot the swords in close combat as well, which is good. That's kind of nice, yeah, to, cl- to clear out some guys. So that could be effective if you're playing against, like, do you have a lot of hordes in your meta? Like a lot of large... We're starting to see a few Necron hordes. Okay. Hmm. But so I, I would, I mean, the, the classic three squads of those boys, three squads of three, you know, this small fo- footprint, they'll sit on objectives quite well. Okay. Um, you, you can't go past a banner, a, a Vexillus Praetor. Um, standard go-to for most people is the minus one to hit banner. Gives a bubble of minus one to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, the plus one attack banner is not too bad either, but I'd sit with the, the minus one to hit on a starter army. Um, because that goes hand in hand with the next unit, which is a unit of five, six Alaris custodians with Castellan axes. Nice. So, and these guys are just beasts. So, what makes those now, guys so good? Yeah, yeah. It, mainly, it's a combination of their own stats and the stratagems specific to Alaris custodies. So. They're, they're four wounds, they're tough five, two up, four up. Um, they've got a strength eight axe. It's AP two, but you can boost it up to AP three with a strat for one CP if you need to. Most of the time you won't. Um, and they, again, benefit from the plus one to wound strat if it's higher toughness than them. So you're going up against a knight, you're wounding it on threes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. And these, these boys will pump out, you know, that base they've got four attacks each, but there's a couple of different ways you can boost that. Uh, like if one of them dies, or two, ideally if two of them die. So there's a strat for one CP for every model in the squad that's died that turn. Every other model gains that many attacks. 
So if you have a couple die and then you have a banner next to them, you can get them up to seven attacks each. Ooh. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's pretty good. But but I think the key threat with these guys is, as I said before about the banner, there's a stratagem for three CPs or zero if you're taking Trajan, because let's be honest, that's what we use them for. Uh, You can put these boys down within six of the banner and within three of an enemy unit. Now, does the whole unit have to be within six or just one model? No, so the base of each model has to be partially within six. Okay, cool. So all the boys have to have a little scooch of their base and within six. Um, but yeah, I mean, quite often find... I, I think I worked it out the other day, the threat range of the banner deep strike. If he moves, advances, the boys come down. I think it's roughly a 30-inch threat range. If you get a decent advance. And that's nasty. And, and then they, yeah, and they are like really like there's no is there there's no limit to them being close to the enemy too, right? Uh, three inches. Oh, still, that's like yeah. so close. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, it's a three inch charge. You that say, takes away a lot of like roll double ones. the traditional screening and everything you would do to avoid stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah, it can do. I mean, there there are times you can be screened out, so you've you've got to soften them up a bit first sometimes, but. You know, if you can bait someone into coming to you, that's quite fun. And and these dudes will kill whatever they hit. Man, that sounds nasty. Now, I have seen mm. some people talking about running the spears with the Alaris. Do you rate that at all? I only if you have to save points. I just think the strength eight is like the difference is strength six versus strength eight, um, and AP three on the spears versus AP two on the on the axes now you can fix the ap2 on the axes with a strat to make them ap3 you can't fix the strength on the spear to make it strength eight right mm. and and most of the stuff you're gonna hit like uh blade guard um anything with an involve save of a five up you don't need any more than ap2 that's you know? true yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Mm. Nice. And so, wait, that's the whole list? Oh, no, no, no. And <laughs> almost, almost. It's not far off. That's small. Yeah. Hey, it may be small, but it's also expensive. <laughs> um, so for, for a beginner list, I would say just to help them out, because these things are great to use. They're a little pricey. I mean, the, the bikes, the Dawn Eagle jet bikes, yeah? Virtus yep. Praetors, so I'd maybe take two squads of three of them. Okay. You could easily substitute out one of those squads for a Telamon as well, if, okay. if you if you like a Telamon better. Um, but I just think with, with, with the movement they've got, um, they're just great for the ninth edition, if you can stomach the fact that they're 95 points each. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I'd like, I'm doing the math in my head, I'm like... Wow, one squad of three bikers is the same cost as a Telamon? Well, same same cost as a double shooty Telamon. The fist one is 260. Smokes. Okay. Yeah, squad of three bikes is 285. I mean, as I say, this is just a starter. I mean, you wouldn't want to take it against, you know, a highly competitive event. And... But they are fun to use. Yeah. Well, they're fast, like, and that helps a yeah. lot in missions. And they will catch people out too. Yeah. 
especially stooping dive definitely does yeah and there's a couple of little combos you can do with stooping dive that really do um, mess with people a little bit i've had one where i had a squad of terminators squad of alara sitting on an objective Mm -hmm. a unit charged me and i then stooping dive into them with a shield captain and there's a stratagem for the custodies for one cp the wording's been changed so this works uh for one cp (laughs) after a unit has fought in the fight phase pick this unit and fight with it next so you stooping dive attack with the bikes then select the alaris because they're within three inches of an objective and fight with them next huh interesting okay or dick move so like okay so the captain stooping dives in Stooping yep. dive lets you fight first. Like, and yep. it's not just a fight first; it's like immediately. Yeah. Yep. And then the and then you pay the CP for the objective stratagem because they have to be close to an objective for that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then they meet. Oh man, that's nasty. Mm. And it, it will catch people out if they don't know it's coming. You would have got me. <laughs> not anymore. Not like, not now. <laughs> Shit, I've given away my secrets. I'll never beat Danny. <laughs> nice. Okay, well then, let's talk about the Bartosh list. Well, the Bartosh list is a mess. It's horrible. Okay. And you should sure never, ever yeah. play this army. But it seems, it seems to work all right for me. So <laughs> Never, ever play it. Unless you're me. Yeah. Unless you're me. Um, and that's, uh, my Patreon is, um, $40 a month. Sorry. It's cheap. (laughs) It's really cheap. Oh, worth. Yeah. Um, so starting off, I've taken a Calidus Assassin for reasons I mentioned before with the, um, secondaries, but also as I found out on the weekend, uh, really good at killing Harlequins and the Nightbringer. Oh, no invulnerable saves. Hmm. Yeah, neat. In, okay. in either in either the shooting or the combat phase. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, then I've gone with the go-to Trajan. It's your boy. Yeah. Um, the fridge on the bike. Then I've got two squads of four custodian guard with storm shields and sentinel blades. And they're your boys. They're just going to sit on objectives all game long. I have got a squad of seven Alaris. Uh, I have taken a Vexilla with the plus one attack banner. Okay. And here's something interesting that I only found out the other day, that I've been playing Misericordia's wrong. So I always assumed if you took a Misericordia, it was one attack. Turns out you can make all your attacks with a Misericordia, and if... And you can make an extra attack too, unless you've got a storm shield. So give the give the banner guy a storm shield and a misericordia. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have a squad of six venatari. Sorry, squad of five venatari. Okay. Um, and a squad of three venatari for the uh, deploy deploy scramblers. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And the shield host I've decided to go with is in the series Imperatus. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So why'd you pick that? So because I wanted to to try Venatari, they've got a really 
good strat that basically ignores all to hit, all to wound modifiers, all your cover, uh, any AP modifiers. Basically, you're hitting them what you're hitting them on, wounding them what you wound them on, no cover, no plus one to armor saves, nothing. That's pretty cool. Mm. Mm. And I have been running Shadow Keepers a lot lately, but that's more beneficial, I feel, if you've got Talamons on your list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Telemons mm. and Bikers, it has some neat swings on, uh, like for high toughness models. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, for, for these guys, I, I, I've leaned more into an offensive force with those. There's a really good strat. Um, best effect is either on the Alaris or the um, Venatari. It's basically turn rapid fire and pistol weapons into double shooting. Yeah. So those those boys are two shot pistols, strength six, AP two, two damage. Um, so you're making them all have four shots, and then you can ignore all modifiers, cover business. It, it gets pretty nasty. Brutal. That's mm. pretty cool. Um, okay. Well, so overall, how would you, then this is something that I like to think about when I'm thinking about like how a list is supposed to work. Like how does this list win? Like what's your game plan going into the game? This list is very much a, I'll meet you halfway across the table Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to rip your face off. (laughs) Oh dude, my list is that too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if there's anything left alive after that, um, I'll keep moving and to pick up more objectives. Um, quite, quite often turns out like with the Alaris bomb coming down, you, you will often do damage, but sometimes it's not as much as what you think. And you've left a lot more of the enemy alive than what you had hoped. But every time they do that, they have this really bad habit of sticking around and just, even though the enemy kills them, that they've been held in the spot you want them to be held in for far longer than the enemy wants to be there. So you can you can spread out, pick up objectives for a couple of turns while, while your opponent has to deal with, you know, seven or eight Alaris Terminators in front of them. Which can in turn split off and do each their own individual unit if, they, if you want to. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's quite handy late game too. You play Unleash the Lions if you're running low on squads and need to pick up table quarters or other objectives. Man, that's pretty cool. I like mm. the sound of this list. Mm. Um, that is, yeah, okay. That's pretty interesting. I like Man, that. Danny, you got your deep thought face on. I know, yeah, I was thinking. I know I'm not recording this, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, your, your face is like, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like in your, in your head, you're placing a Forge World order right now. <laughs> So, like, one thing I like about the way that you describe this is it kind of highlights the strength that custodes have, right? Um, in that you don't have to clump your units very much. Um, they're pretty independent of each other. Yeah. They, um, but, yeah, because they're so tough, they don't require, like, there's, there's no real support from other units. There's, there's no buffing characters in a custodes force. Um, the closest thing you come is either a reroll ones to hit from a shield captain or the minus one to hit banner. Um, and minus one's just not a big deal at the moment or anymore, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's a lot of things that give out minus one, but with the amount of rerolls that we've seen coming through from halfway through eighth edition, 
rerolls just they just sort of make minus one not matter anymore. It definitely lessens the effect. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I think custodes are definitely better played as little pockets of of hard little nuggets of gold that you you have to sort of I dig out. Believe it's code pronounced Aramate. Mm, yeah, something like that. Eh? <laughs> you oh, hobby man, snob. Like to find little hard nuggets. <laughs> take them out. Pick them up. Um. So, do you play this game at uh, the New Zealand Masters? Is that correct? I didn't take this exact list. Uh, it was something similar, but I, I didn't have Venatari. I had a Telemon. Okay, sure. Yeah. I just decided um, to give that a whirl. Well, how did it go? How did your game go? It, it was slightly above average. Um, I The first day, I had three games, lost the Telemon in all three games. Um, yeah, the the second day, three games didn't lose Telemon at all. <laughs> so that, that's why I say you, you can either deal with a Telemon or you can't. And if you can't, he'll win the game. If you can, it's not a problem. Um, but yeah, it, it it went all right. I I made a couple of errors that basically snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, but you know, that's how I do. So I roll. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, ended up the one way uh, I've dealt with a Telemon in my time was just surrounding it by shit and just keeping it there. Um, so like <laughs> with Death Guard, I would just keep charging Blight Haulers into it. And I'm yeah. like, cool, punch through it. That's yeah. fine. It just you're stuck there. That that's all that matters. Yeah. So, so yeah, it can be worked around, but um, no, I mean in one game I I made the mistake of forgetting character targeting rules and sticking a Calexus Assassin right out the front against a Tyranid army that auto-hits with big things with flamers. Oh. Yeah. Like Hyradules yeah. or... Uh... Yeah, something like that. Something big and ugly and Tyranid-y. And, and honestly, it's a game that really nobody should lose against Nids. Um, but it's a personal I, I slight. Um, <laughs> what are you doing if you're losing to Nids? But I, I did... So I managed to... Cr- claw back a draw from it unfortunately um, but yeah and I ended up playing the guy that won in the last round and it was Necrons Yeah. and I found out that once you kill the Nightbringer there's nothing in the Necron army that troubles Custodes at all <clears throat> it sounds like, like the Nightbringer even... doesn't really trouble Custodes at all well no because not if you have a Calidus assassin that um so I chipped a couple of wounds off the Nightbringer with some shooting from the Alaris. Uh, I think he was down to, he was down to like six wounds, and I just dropped the Calidus in, and I was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll probably do another three or four wounds on it and set it up for the next turn. And she rolled the D3 on her gun and put three mortals on him <laughs> and, then char- <laughs> and then charged him to combat. She didn't quite kill him. She left him on one wound. She um, only, put, only got one wound through on him. So he was down to one wound. But then the next turn he tried to charge some custodies and I just big dicked it and uh, paid two CPs to Overwatch on five ups and killed him. Nice. I mean, yeah, Ooh. that'll work, man. Like, big I'm, dick energy. I'm so confident that I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to spend two CP for a 30% chance that I'll maybe but hit him, possibly wound. Hey, I mean, it had to be done. I was either going to win the game and potentially come second, I think, and knock him out of first place. 
or I was going to lose and nothing was going to matter anyway. So, well, but, um, it sounds like it worked out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, it was a really good game, really tight. We were drawn on points, I believe all the way until the last turn. And I just about to take another five points off him for while we stand, we fight killed his overlord with the telemon and on a four up he got back up so oh. just won the day. But, but you know you, you can't be mad about a game that comes down to a four up you know yeah that's true that's really some of my true. best games have been like decided on the very last dice roll um yeah. it's crazy so yeah so no but it, but it was good i mean th- i think all the games played at that event were all very close games i mean you've got the top 14 in the country um all the games are hard you know right yeah Yeah. it's not going to be an easy time no even if your top 14 only has six players because it's a small kind i'm kidding (laughs) yeah it's actually only two players it's me and another dude and we just play each other in the garage mark wasn't invited (laughs) no no. this is top two players denny (laughs) someone's gonna watch yeah awesome yeah. Well, man, thanks for coming on, Andrew. That was really that was really great. Um, it was That's kind right. of a good overview of that. Um, do you have anything that you'd like to plug for yourself? Oh, I mean, just uh, I mean, listen to NZ Forty Cabal. Oh, sorry, NZ Forty Shabal. Yeah, if we have to do hard Z. You're going to do soft K. Yeah, yeah. As, as it is known in Alaska, or as we like to call it, Little Canada. <laughs> We were Canada's um, armpit. Yeah, yeah. But like just everyone should just listen to all the Rogue Trader Network podcasts. I mean Holy you know, shit, you're doing a give... better job of plugging the network than we ever do. Oh, when we remind ourselves amazing. daily to do it. Yeah. But like we give really shitty coaching advice, but it's way cheaper than Art of War. <laughs> That's um, a really good tagline, I think, for someone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like since you guys have started sending me that raise energy, like I haven't had to sleep at all, so I can just podcast all the time. Have you not had to or been unable to? Because <laughs> I mean, is, is there a difference? I am actually literally uh, tomorrow mailing you some fine uh, powdered raise uh, energy drinks. Raise, not other powders, just raise. Just raise. Raise, raise energy suppositories. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's the only what way to go. Product? We're giving yeah. you a sneak peek if you catch my drift. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, check check out Bartosh and the NZ40 Shabal, uh, New Zealand's premier hobby podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're all right. I'm sorry. I mean, <clears throat> Let I me mean, try that again. You're too no. modest. It's really good. You should definitely check it out. We're going to do, like, take two. Uh, check out NZ40 okay. Shabal. Uh, New Zealand's sort of okay hobby podcast. If you have time, no big deal. We're we're pretty fucking amazing, and we really do <laughs> need to our Patreon coaching services up. <laughs> well, thank thank you guys for having me on your amazing hybrid podcast. Earl Hagen was a legend. In 1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. 
a half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, CVS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. Well, that was kind of less of a, a Custodes 101 as a, like, here's how you play my army. Here's also how you counteract my army. So you're welcome, <laughs> uh, New Zealand. Uh, like I said, we were looking at kind of getting more of these, getting some of our friends on uh, and some of these really great players who, who are really great in their mm-hmm. faction uh, to tell you why they're great. Uh, the armies, that is, not the people. Uh, and then kind of put it down. Um we're going to talk a little bit next about the Blood Angels Codex. Uh, we usually yeah. do a video review of this. Um, COVID and Thanksgiving prevented us from kind of doing this. We're not going to do our usual hour-long page-by-page, unit-by-unit breakdown. But Danny's prepared some original quality hot takes um, of the Blood Angels supplement, which is the penultimate uh, Space Marine book. Uh, we're just no, waiting on we got one more. Penultimate means one, uh, one before final. Oh, I thought that. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Heck yes. yeah, like like English I, major. I can't type a sentence sometimes, but literally, I <laughs> I literally yes. know word usage, but not figuratively. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the pen- penultimate uh, marine supplement before the the marine hell is over, and, and your carry come to disappoint us with an average release. Um, Oh, I hope not. No, that would be like the worst, man. The salt levels yeah. from that would sustain me for years. Oh, they years. would be unreal. Um, well, how come we're... No, no, never mind. Anyway, Danny, so Codex Supplement Blood Angels uh, brings the Angels of Death into the the kind of the ninth edition game uh, with the ninth edition Codex with their stratagems, their secondaries, all that other kind of stuff. What are some hot takes for that? So... The Blood Angels book is like an, is in another addition to the Space Marine Codex. I think that they are, um, with uh, White Scars, probably the best Assault Marines, um, like the Assault chapter. Like, they're better than Space Wolves. Oh, wow. I think. So what is they it? Could a bit more damage. What is it that puts them over the top? Because with Space Wolves, you have things like, you know, you have your, your Wolfen, um, a lot of strats and a lot of combos sure. to make them super good in close combat. They have a lot of close combat oriented uh, dreadnoughts as well. What is it that pushes Blood Angels to be kind of better Space Wolves than Space Wolves? So, well, I wouldn't say they're better Space Wolves than Space Wolves. Well, I think that Space, Space Wolves, Wolves have terrible. a lot of really, yeah. Well, I mean, they've got some neat tricks, um, and they're kind of like. They have like some offensively defensive good good traits, like Space Wolves get the heroic intervention, things like that, um, which are which are great. But mm-hmm. Blood Angels with a plus one to wound means that their average guys can really deal with a lot more targets than other than other marine chapters normally would. And they're uh if they have units that do multiple damage already, they don't need the plus one damage that white scars get. 
Um, mm-hmm. Instead, they just get plus one attack, which means they can eat, which they can, you know, uh, depending on how many attacks a model has, um, and the quality of their attacks means that they're they can potentially do quite a bit more damage than than white scars can. Um, they have a lot of really great specialist units, and I think that that's probably where the army shines quite a bit. Um, uh, like Sanguinary Guard are amazing, uh, especially that is the best unit in that codex, like bar none. And you know it, that's kind of the theme of the army, right? Like you think of Blood Angels, like that is th- them and Death Company are probably like the units that you think of representing the faction the most. They're probably and both of them are good. They're probably What's why that? you chose to play Blood Angels is yeah. the the kind of those those iconic units, and they're so vastly different as well. I have like the golden nipples, uh, sanguinary right. guard, we, you know, angel wings coming down, and then like just the black is night death company. Um, both of them yep. have really cool narrative pieces that kind of add to the army there. Um, but narrow <laughs> tabletop, but on the tabletop right? yeah. Um, sanguinary guard have a ton are are very inexpensive for what they do. Um, with the in Carmine Swords getting plus one strength, they're like the obvious choice. Uh, them and Power Fists, I feel like um, they're all flat two damage instead of being D three anymore. Um, they have a two plus armor save, which is great. Um, so these are units that just really excel at chopping up any target um, with four attacks each on the charge or five attacks in Assault Doctrine at minus three or minus four AP. Blood Angels also have some really great tools for giving Assault Doctrine early. Um, they have a Sanguinary Priest that can just choose a unit and they count as being an Assault Doctrine. Plus you have uh, uh, the Stratagem from the Basic Space Marines book so you can make a squad be an Assault Doctrine. And they just have so many attacks, and they have such good quality attacks as well. Um, they can really dice up uh, models. I was watching uh, a tabletop simulator game earlier this week um, where uh, Blood Angels with a heavy sanguinary guard were playing against orcs, and there were 90 orc boys uh, on, like, turn four. Um, and then the Blood Angels went twice, and there were none. And, like, it was huh. insane to see that much damage get it output. Yeah, that sounds um, real, real scarily good. <laughs> it's frightening. Yeah. Um, Sanguinary Guard also have uh, a 1CP 6-inch heroic intervention stratagem, which is really disgusting. Um, you can use uh, the Death Company pregame move more than once. So if you have multiple Death Company units, you can push them up the table, pretty f- like all of them, uh, after you know who's going first and who's going second, um, which is a really big deal. And those guys have a ton of attacks. Um. The Death Company characters got, uh, I feel like, a pretty good buff um, where they can, uh, once per game, uh, use three different vision death visions of, Sangu- of Sanguinius, um, which gives them, like, plus one attack for each enemy, uh, for, each, for every five enemy models within six, or they get to reroll to wound rolls, or they get a three plus invulnerable save. So there's a bunch of different things that you can do to really, like, boost the amount of damage that these characters can do um so they have just a lot of suits it's, it's a bag of hammers that's what the army is um <laughs> and if you want to put some tactical stuff in it you can if you don't you don't have to and you can just run a bag of hammers at your opponent it's probably not going to score as well or win as many games but man do they hit like a freight train and you have to be aware of every single unit in that army. there probably won't be much left on the table to score for your opponent uh, in that exactly. situation and like dante for instance is got such a huge upgrade in this codex um he's amazing like he gives you plus one command point he's got like seven or eight attacks 
Um, he gets a free uh, heroic deed, so he can do a bunch of cool stuff with that, uh, like a free stratagem, kind of like Trajan, like we talked about a little bit earlier in the Custodius podcast. The, the auto-take homeboy, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I like flesh terrors a lot, and so I would like to make a list that has a lot of just dudes with chain swords, and I think flesh terrors really kind of exemplify that. Um, uh, because, man, Chapter Master Seth is really good. And hits really hard, <laughs> so uh, I would like to I would like to try that out list a little bit. Um, maybe once I've gotten rid of some of my other marine armies, though. I, well, I was going to say we did find some flesh terrors. <laughs> we did, yeah. I do have some. <laughs> so so, the, but yeah. Um, oh, and they're secondaries. Yeah, I was going to say this book continues area. the tradition of uh, army specific secondaries. Uh, Blood Angels have some of the quote, best I think we've seen cool. so far. The one where you have to have more Blood Angels units in your opponent's deployment zone than they have in yours is such a good stratagem. It's so hard to, like, unless you're playing, unless you're a super aggressive army with a lot of deep strike or very fast units, Blood Angels are going to get, like, three points every single turn of the game. So, yeah, that real good. Um, was there anything else that super stood out to you uh, about Blood Angels, or like was a super big upgrade over what they had before when they had their own book? Um, yeah, I, I would say there's not too, there's not a ton of other upgrades over what was previewed in their index uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff that did change almost all like a hundred percent got better. Um, so uh, oh man, like some of the stratagems are really good. Uh. The Son of Angels got changed, so it's not like a 3d6 inch charge. Um, you just get plus one to hit on the turn that you come down from Deep Strike, and you can reroll charges. And it's plus one to hit, not in combat. So things like Plasma Inceptors can come down and get two plus ballistic skills. So hitting on twos, easy for them to reroll ones. Um, so that's very powerful. Uh, yeah, overall, a great book, a great supplement for the Marine Codex. I'm glad to see everybody's getting wrapped up into one thing, so it's a little bit easier yeah. to balance. And then just one last thing about the book. What are some things that Blood Angels didn't have access to before, um, but now do because all Marines are sort of similar uh, that sure. really that really helps Blood Angels or are really great fits for Blood Angels? So that's a great question. I know. I'm a great uh, interviewer. I don't really think there's anything that Blood Angels are going to take that they didn't have access to before. Um, just because their specialist units are so good, they're not going to want things like uh, Centurions um, or Thunderfire Cannons, um, both of which took a major hit in the current Space Marine book. Um, so they already had access to that stuff, but um, mostly Blood Angels had most of the stuff in the Space Marine book already. Um, so it wasn't a huge change for them. Uh, yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, another great supplement. And again, almost, yeah. almost done with Marines. Uh, and then on to the next people. Um, unfortunately, uh, as we found out this week, my, my beloved death guard, uh, were delayed by disease, um, which is very on brand. Last time that happened, they showed up. It's at, true. They showed up at Terra, uh, during the siege uh, and they were even stronger <laughs> than before. Um, and then just kind of continues on a little bit here. Uh, there's been some previews of the rules. Uh, the Warhammer community site obviously has, uh, you know, timelines and the articles that are coming out. So we've started seeing some rules previews come out for death guard. Um, and really what it's speaking to me or, or what all of these releases are saying to me is what we were hearing at the start of the year about how you really need to focus on one faction to be super good 
uh, is yeah. sort of coming true because the sheer amount of rules uh, Death Guard have shown to be having is ridiculous. Um, not complaining. It's it's a good problem to have. Um, for sure. But yeah, we're going to have contagions. Uh, there's paid upgrades for your units. Uh, Mortarian. Yeah, weapons, right? yeah, with plague like Mortarian looks like a beast now. Oh, yeah, he looks nasty. Um, we were theorycrafting some stuff, and they're like, well, maybe the plague surgeon just turns into almost like a chaos apothecary. And like, I almost don't want that to happen because if that happens and I can re- start rezzing dudes, like Mortarian and five death shroud are like an auto take, and then the rest doesn't matter. Uh, just Mortarian, five death yeah. shroud, and a plague surgeon, and then whatever doesn't matter just because you're not going to be killing Mortarian. Um, but I really like what I'm seeing, which is super great because the initial uh, the initial hearings about the book was it was just okay. Um, yeah. But I think from the looks of it, when you master it, it's going to be very, very good. I, I think it's going to be a good book. And I think the, the, the feedback we're getting that it's just okay is people playing four or five different armies. Um, and then it's going to be one which doesn't have an obvious power combo right out the bat, but I think pretty soon. There's going to be a lot of Death Guard going around. Um, we'll see. A lot of cool stuff coming out, though. Uh, a little delayed by COVID, but what isn't in this wonderful year? Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take our last break, and then we're going to be right back to uh, wrap it up. Okay. You've mastered the art of the Stanley. You've downloaded the ITC Battles app. You've loaded your dice to guarantee your charge. Now perfect your game with Mob Rules measuring accessories. Made of the finest acrylic and carrying the skill of the Danny, the tactics of the Dave, and something positive about John. Get yours now at hammerheadgames.net. Man, this is this is a long episode this week. Um, uh, Bartosh on, sharing his experience with his custards. Um, custodians. I think this is the first time we've talked about custodians on the show without making a janitorial joke. Um, we made zero. We made zero. It was. I'm it was proud of ourselves. It was quite serious. And like I said, we want to wedge something in between all the dick jokes. Uh, so, like, hopefully, you took some <laughs> stuff out of value. Um, I know me playing against custodians now. I'm going to look at some stuff real differently. Um, like that banner dude's going to go the fuck down as quickly as I can, because I do not want people jumping like within three inches of all of my stuff. Um, <laughs> Man, then, I'm really gonna, I'm, I, I have a list that I want to play, uh, that I think <laughs> might kind of have to come out. Uh, we'll see what happens though. And then some of the stuff he said about getting extra attack rounds and all that stuff. I was like, Oh, that's dirty. That's, that's real dirty. That's real New Zealand 40 K. Um, <laughs> you know, those guys are famous. For shitty plays and jerk moves. Hell yeah, they are. Um, Those yeah. dirty Australians. Check out Bartosh uh, on the NZ40 Shabal uh, podcast, uh, available where all good and bad podcasts are available. Um, and that's actually NZ40 Cabal. We just make fun of the way they pronounce Z. Um, a great competitive podcast out of New Zealand. Also check out all the other shows on the Rogue Trader Network. We have the High Lords of Terra. Yeah, coming at you with some really cool in-depth analysis about what's going on. Uh, and then also Dangly Boys. Uh, Danny's on there sometimes. Yeah. They're pretty good. Once or twice. Yeah. Once, once or twice. Uh, Seth and the boys down in the south uh, playing 40K uh, and, and kind of making some really great video content on their YouTube channel. Drink and shine. Drink and shine and beating, oh no, themselves off. Yeah. Sure. Um, 
next episode, as we try and continue this, for Marvel's 150, which is insane to me. Um, we're going to keep this up. We're going to have like a, a semi-serious segment in the middle. Uh, we're going to bring on uh, Innes, who's the captain of Team Scotland and frequent contributor uh, to podcasts. He used to be also on the Caledonian Death Watch podcast. Um, but since taking his role as, uh, like I said, Team Scotland captain for his WTC team, um, he's going to come talk to us about the WTC. Uh, Danny and I know a lot, or at least I pretend to know a lot about the ITC, and, and that's the way most of us in the U.S. play um, right. or, or have played. Ennis is super passionate about uh, the World Team Championship, right? Uh, that's what WTC stands for. Yes. Yeah, a World Team Championship, which is a super unique format. Um, it's sort of like you have a team of like three or four players. There's a coaches who decide who plays who, and there's just a whole different level of tactics to the game. Um, and as he often jokes, their meta is about six months ahead of ours, so maybe he'll give you some hints about, you know, what you should be playing to win tournaments today <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I think the team format sounds like it's probably the most interesting way to play the game, um, but uh, I don't know. I haven't done it yet, so I'm very excited to hopefully get to try that out at some point. In the yeah, and, and who better to, to lead us into that dark world and even tell you guys how you can get involved in WTC uh, the, than Ennis. Oh, captain, my captain. Uh, Danny, anything, <laughs> else, anything else you want to add in here? No, I think you nailed it, man. You got everything. Man, I mean, I'm pretty good at the wrap-up there. Not at the start of the We're middle, champion. but I can wrap that shit up good. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. But until then, for Mob Rules, I've been John. i Danny. And we'll see you next time. And then just to throw this in here, Danny, we're still recording. I want to share uh, the latest comment we had on YouTube. Um, okay. I feel it's super important. <laughs> uh